Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. So glad to be with you this morning. This is my first time right on this platform here uh, speaking to you this morning. It's going to be not only a good day, it's going to be a glorious year. Amen. And uh, how do I know that? Well, I know that from the scriptures because our days are getting brighter and brighter. Obviously, it's going to get darker in, in the world. It's been prophesied. I don't think, you know, anyone with... Uh, anyone would figure that too difficult to figure out that it's going to get darker and darker in, in the world. But the Lord will make his face to shine upon us. Amen. And so our days are going to get brighter and brighter until that perfect day when we will see him face to face. And when you see him face to face, I tell you what, you know, that's the time you're going to change from where you are now into that resurrection body, the one that you're looking forward to. Praise God, it's going to get later on a little bit more glorified yet. Praise the Lord. So again, our days are getting brighter and brighter. There ought to be a difference between the world and the church. Amen. When you're down in the dumps, when you are, you know, preaching or involved in doom and gloom, that's not the church. Amen. How do you know that? That's not the church. Amen. We are... We are the church. We go from faith to faith. We go from glory to glory. We go from strength to strength. We go from grace to grace. Just about the time that you think, man, I've had in, I have a, a lot of grace happening here. Guess what's going to happen? The Lord will open up another door for you. So there's more grace for you to tap into. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to show you a few pictures here from what we've been up to as of late. Ingrid and I have been gone. We were gone to uh, Australia for a month in the first week. You know, in the first Sunday, we were able to be part of an ordination service for our daughter, Chloe, at Redeemer Coast Church, where we had the privilege to speak as well. And now Chloe is a part of Rama Australia that same week. Uh, Travers and Glo Chloe got engaged, so it was very good. You know, I told Travers, you know, when you are in Canada, it's some, it probably somewhat similar to Australia. You know, the women, the, the ladies, they get married. They pick out their, you know, their color schemes, and they pick out the dresses, and they're all excited. But usually the men, I warned him, men in Canada are a little different. You know, when they find out that Travers is going to get married, they might say something. Have you heard? Have you heard about Travers? No, what? Travers is good. Travers is engaged to get married. What? You know, they think it's a it's a diagnosis. What? I just I, I just saw him last week. What happened? Well, his his girlfriend asked him to marry him. So that's kind of what happens in Canada, isn't that right? Well, that's not true, but I so I thought I may warn him a little bit that way. So we had the, the awesome privilege of being at uh, Redeemer Coast at Pastor Chloe's church. You know, we did some preaching. Uh, a good number of people, you know, a few people got born again. A good number of people got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues. Very exciting, always. We were involved with some team building, so that's good. Uh, the next one, we, were, we spent a, a Sunday at Rama, Brisbane, where we got a, a, a team of 16 people ready to go on a mission trip to the Philippines. And uh, so you may go to that slide. We were in Tarlac, Philippines. Any Filipinos in the church this morning? There's a few, yeah. You probably know where Tarlac is, just 
Uh, it's supposed to be about an hour north of Manila, but if you drive it from the airport, it's about five hours <laughs> because of the traffic. So we opted to change uh, airports. We went to this little, this little uh, airport, you know, uh, I can't remember the name, Clark. And that's where we flew into. And uh, we did a lot of evangelism. We did uh, a lot of Bible school teaching. We had long days from 6 in the morning till 9 at night. And uh, we did from 8 till 12. We did Bible school studies, you know, for, the, for students and for ministers, for pastors, for alumni. And then in the afternoon, we went out to uh, preach and to evangelize. And uh, I'm happy to tell you that 648 people got born again. So that's quite exciting, isn't it? Amen. And not, not only that, but we had the opportunity, or now we have the opportunity to go back four times a year. They liked us so well, they wanted to partner with us, which means, you know, that they would like us to come four times a year, or if I can't come, that I will send someone that can do similar things that we do with them as well. So I think that's a very good thing. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning I want to talk to you uh, about a topic that is very, very exciting, I believe. And we'll find out how exciting it is by your response. <laughs> but it is called first. It's called first. On the last day of the year, I want to talk to you about the word first. And the reason being is, well, because we're going to get into 2024 tomorrow. And, uh, you know, you may have some things scheduled, you know, uh, some things planned. You may have made some New Year's resolutions even. But before you do that, I'd like for you to listen to this message that is called first because we're going to deal with what ought to be first. And first, I've done a, a study through the scriptures on the word first and the uh, number one, and you find out some really amazing things, actually. And how many of you know, if you, if you study your Bible, you get some, some revelation from heaven that will literally set you on fire. Amen. That will set you on, on, on fire. And the first thing that when we talk about first, one of the first things it will do, it will help you connect the dots. And what I mean with, with that is, you know, uh, what would happen if I would, you know, show you just a sheet of paper and I would put a whole lot of dots on it. As a matter of fact, someone did that to me once. We were talking about uh, church teaching and what's important to teach. And this pastor, a well-known pastor from eastern United States, you know, he just, took a, he just took a napkin and he put a lot of dots on it. And he asked me, what do you see? I said, well, I don't really see a whole lot. I said, I just see a lot of disconnected dots. Exactly, he said. Now, that's, that's how a lot of people's lives are, he said. And that's where a lot of people are when they study the Bible as well. Have you ever felt that way, that when you read your Bible, uh, it's just a lot of disconnected dots? No, well, it's just me. Okay. <laughs> I remember when I got first, when I was first born again, I remember, you know, I mean, somebody gave me a Bible and they told me that if you're born again, if you're truly born again, you have a hunger for the Bible. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I have that, but I better find, find out. So I started with the book of Job. Uh, how many of you know that's not, not the greatest book to start out with when you're a brand new believer? So I didn't really get anything out of it. But I'm so glad that I found a pastor 
who was, help, who was able to help me connect the dots. Amen. And what do you do when you connect the dots? Well, one of the things you're going to do is you're going to put a number on it. You're going to have to put number one on, number two. You remember like when you have those little... Uh, when you have those little things for your kids, you know, and if they are able to go from one to two all the way to 21, then they see an animal, right? Because they were able to connect the dots. And I would say, I submit to you, that's where many people are in their Christian walk as well. Many people, their lives are disconnected dots. Something happens over here. Something happens over there. They're going to have to run out there with an extinguisher and, you know, and make sure that fire is out. Then they're going to run over somewhere else, make sure that fire is out. They're running all over and their lives become very chaotic. I remember, you know, someone told me one time, I'm so busy, I just don't know what to do first or last. Have you ever felt that way? You don't know what to do first or last. So wouldn't it be helpful to find out what you're going to have to do first? Amen. So that's why we're here to talk about first and the number one to help you connect some of those dots. And that will help you not only read your Bible, but put some things in place that will help you put structure in your life. Now, I know that's not exciting, <laughs> but it's very helpful. It's going to be very helpful to you. Not only that, it's going to help you create a reference point. It will help you define your day and your destiny by creating priorities. Number four, you're going to go from good to God. Is it good? Or is it God? There's a lot of things that are good, but that's not necessarily God. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go halfway when it comes to God. I want to go full time, right? I want to go all the way with him. I don't want to go halfway and sink. <laughs> Amen. I want to go all the way with my heavenly father. Praise the Lord. And I trust you would be the same way as well. So, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 tells us, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The word transformed has got to do with you being changed from the inside out. It's not being changed by external rules or outside forces. It's not done by reformation, but by transformation. Can you say amen to that? By the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Obviously, you can walk in the good will of God. But then there's a higher level that you can attain to, which is the acceptable will of God. But I don't know about you. I want to walk in the perfect will of God. Amen. Thank God for the ability of walking in the goodwill, the acceptable will of God. Thank God that's where we are in some areas. But I want to strive for the perfect will of God. Am I in the right church this morning? Amen. So that means uh, we're going to have to find out what is first, what is second, and what is last. I want to give you some real simple examples that have to do with first, second, or last, and you can click to the next one. First, second, or last, that's got to do with what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? I mean, that's one of these questions you're not supposed to know the answer to. It's one of these riddles that we don't know. But if you read your Bible, then the chicken comes first, right? Because God created everything with a seed in itself. So 
So the chicken came first. Well, why would that be important? Well, that may not be important uh, throughout your life to, to know and understand that. But if you ever are on, a, on an island by yourself uh, and there's a chicken and there's an egg, if you don't know this, you might pick the wrong thing, eat the wrong thing, and go hungry. So can you see? It might be helpful for you to know what is first. How about the individual or society? If you know this, that one comes before two, then you will do well. One always comes before two. Well, that's logical. But uh, how many of you know we are living in days where they will tell you you're going to have to do it for Everyone's good, right? For, you know, just for the good of everybody. So that's sometimes very dangerous because you may give up some of the investment you're supposed to make in your own self. And you know what? There's nothing better than being able to invest into your own self. Now, I know that that might sound selfish, but just think about it. Jesus even said to us, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that that may sound selfish, but it is not. Because you will only be able to love your neighbor as you love your own self. So what's going to happen if you hate yourself? Did you know? I know a lot of people that just hate themselves. If you hate yourself, you're going to hate your neighbor as well. So that's why it's so important to make the right investments in your own self. Because that's the only way you're going to be any good to society. Amen. When you get married, uh, you know, you're not, get, you're not getting married for the sake of someone else. You're doing it for yourself. If you need someone else to get married to, because you need someone to get married to, you're in trouble. Are you out there? You want to marry because you are a healthy person that's looking for another healthy person to form a healthy marriage. Can you say amen? If you can't say amen, say oh me, because it's, it's, it's the honest truth. Praise the Lord. What's, what comes first, giving or receiving? You might say, well, uh, as soon as I win the lottery, I'll give some money to the church. Right? That's where some people are. But how many of you know... Uh, if you give, if you put giving first, the outcome is going to be you will receive. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over will men give unto you. Amen. It begins with giving. What's more important to tithe or to have money for groceries? Now I can open up a whole can of worms here. But how many of you know is if you honor the Lord with the first fruits of your income, you know what's going to happen? He will open up the windows of heaven for you. Amen. When you give the first 10%, then you're basically saying to the Lord, I'm giving you my 10%. This is holy. I'm making this holy, this portion of my finances. I'm going to make this holy and I give it unto you. But by doing so, the rest, the 90% that is left is also holy, meaning God has access to your 90%. And you know what? He's able to do far more with your 90% that you got left than you would be able to do by yourself with 100% if you didn't tithe. Amen. All right. Next, what is more important, the word of God or your experience? Well, how many of you know a lot of people, they will compromise the word for it to match their experience. 
but it doesn't work that way. You're going to have to work with the word until the word becomes your experience. So that means you're going to have to work some things out probably in your life. But when you do, I tell you what, it's exciting. It is exciting. Amen. All right. Uh, what comes first, words or actions? You may say, well, actions speak louder than words. True, but you cannot get any actions performed in your life until you begin to talk, until you begin to say words that will help you put those word, you know, put actions to, to your word. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen. So you're going to have to have to learn to operate with the words that you speak. What's more important, character or titles? I think everybody knows the answer. It's more important to be a person of character than just have titles. Amen. Do you know it's possible to have titles and not have character? Do you know it's possible to have character and not have any titles? If you have to make a choice, I would much rather be a person of character. I don't want to just be a character. <laughs> Amen. I want to be a person off character rather than just have titles. All right, I trust I'm still in the right church. What's more important, the fruit of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit? I would say, well, they're equally important. True, you might say the same thing. But did you know that God wants us to operate in the gifts of the Spirit? But how they work is Paul made it very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 13. He said, uh, covet the gifts, you know, be zealous and these gifts. But he said, but then he said, I'll show you a more excellent way. And in first Corinthians chapter 13, he begins to talk about the love of God. How many of you know, when you operate in the love of God, you will activate those gifts in your life. Amen. All right. So, uh, you know, quickly go through some things that, that the Bible has to do with uh, first in the Bible, it's got to do with priority. I'm just going to mention them because I'm not able to get them all in, of course. But number one, first in the Bible, you're going to have to deal with priorities. We'll talk about that for sure. We're going to talk about sequence of events. There are timelines that if you understand some of those timelines, it will help you un understand prophecy, for instance. Uh, when you're talking about first in the, in the Bible, you're talking about new beginnings. How many of you know God began something new in you? As a matter of fact, you are so new that God has to introduce you to your new self. Amen. You used to get down with your bad old self and you went way down. <laughs> Amen. But he got you up. And he made you a new creation in Christ Jesus. He made you the righteousness of God. He made a new creation so new that he has to introduce you to your brand new self through the New Testament. Especially Paul's teachings when you find out who you are in Christ. You would never be able to find out or to know who you really are unless you get a revelation from heaven and allowing the Holy Spirit to give a picture of who you really are. Amen. When you know that you are the righteousness of God, you know what? It's going to cause a paradigm shift in your life because you used to think of yourself as an unworthy being, not, you know, not amount 
you know, you don't really amount to a whole lot. <laughs> We're just, you know, barely making it. But once you find out, not only am I a new creation, but I become the righteousness of God. Guess what happens on the inside of you? There's something that will motivate you to overcome things. Amen. To walk in righteousness. Praise the Lord. Not only that, but uh, the Bible talks about first in the Bible. We're talking about prototypes or first fruits. Or another way to put it is templates. Again, I don't have any time to get into that, but it's there. Uh, first got to do with rank and importance. For instance, Proverbs 4 verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. One of the ways that we talk about wisdom, it will give you foresight. Now, do you know, I've been in nations and I've spoken to people in their language. They do not even have a word for foresight. That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so I believe it's very important when you operate in the wisdom of God, you're going to get some foresight, right? We know that hindsight is twenty twenty. But, you know, if you're blind and have no foresight, eventually you're going to get into trouble. But thank God, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit on the inside will show you things to come that will help you make decisions that are going to uh, prepare you for the things which are to come. And that's very helpful. Amen. Also, first got to do with trigger points. I just mentioned the falling away. The falling away uh, is going to come first. I don't want to get into that. That's end time stuff right now. But nothing can happen until that happens first. Until the, the falling away, which is a reference to the rapture of the church, is going to happen first. So then everything else will happen. And then, of course, the power of one. The Bible says about Jesus that by one man's obedience, re redemption came to the whole human race. Amen. Just by one man. Did you know that you by yourself, you carry a lot of power, a lot of authority. You may not realize it. A lot of Christians don't realize it, but you've been granted authority. Amen. And what you do counts. When you go to the throne of God, what you say in the heavenlies counts. Amen. Jesus moved you with himself. Uh, he went to the heavens and he placed you right next to him. You are seated now with him in heavenly places. Well, why did he put you there? Because he couldn't find you a seat somewhere else? Well, no, he put you there because he wanted you to have a place of authority. So what you say on this earth, what you say to the heavenly father in the throne room of grace has power and carries authority. Can you say amen? All right, but let's talk about priorities. That's the one that I can't talk about. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, but seek ye what? But seek ye what? But seek ye what? First, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. He didn't even say seek only the kingdom of God. He said seek it first. That's interesting, isn't it? So to me, that tells me if I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first and the righteousness, the system that is in that kingdom, all these things shall be added unto me. Now, I don't know about you, but I like those things that Jesus is talking about. And he's really talking about the things that you need 
for your existence. He's talking about food. He's talking about shelter. He's talking about clothing. You know, I would uh, include with that, you know, vehicles, transportation. In Canada, it's something you need, right? In order to even exist in this nation, you need some, uh, some transportation to get where you need to be. So all those things, they're going to be added unto you. Now, how many of you know, there's a lot of people, the world is not seeking the kingdom first. They are seeking all these other things first. They are seeking that house first. They are seeking that car first. They are seeking clothing. They seek all the material things first. But if if I'm going to go in the kingdom, if I'm going to be a kingdom builder, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and then I'm going to have to make some choices. And when I do, when I seek the kingdom of God first, instead of me having to run after that house, instead of me having to run after that vehicle, after the clothing and all these things, it's going to come find me. And I don't know about you, but I like that a whole lot better. Because I used to do the other stuff, and that's not much fun, right? Because then you're over here, you're over there, you're over, you know, yonder, and you're searching, you're seeking, you want, you want, and you can't get it. But if you seek the kingdom of God first, it's going to find you. You're like a magnet. Ooh, hallelujah. It's going to come and find you. Praise the Lord. All right, so that means this. If I'm supposed to seek the kingdom of God first... No, can you back up? (laughs) If I want to enjoy the things that Jesus promised me, I have to seek the kingdom of God first. That means I have to create a priority in my life. Isn't that what it means? If you are supposed to seek the kingdom of God first, it means you're going to have to create a priority. Amen. It can't be second. It can't be third, it can't be last, it can't be a leftover, it can't be a tip. (laughs) Amen. It's going to have to be first if I want those things. Do you want those things? There's one hand. How about the rest of you? Would you like those things rather than running after them? Wouldn't you like them to find you? Amen. If you want that, you're going to have to seek the kingdom of God first, meaning you're going to have to create a priority in your life. That means you may have to make some decisions. You may have to make some changes to make that happen. You may use January the 1st as a milestone, a reference point. I didn't talk about that. I mentioned it. But it could be a reference point, a milestone in your life. And you're going to say, from this moment on, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first. I'm going to make that a priority in my life. Can you say amen? Well, the kingdom, the, the kingdom of God, next slide, has, it has a system. Right? The righteousness is in that system. Just like, uh, just like our economy or just like our uh, country, the country of Canada, we got a system. We got a health system. We got an economic system. We got a political system. We got an education system. All of them are falling apart. <laughs> yeah, it's all un- un- unraveling. It's coming apart by the seams. Wouldn't you want to change kingdoms, seek the kingdom of God first and be on that system because it's never going to fail. 
It's written about Jesus that he is, he, you know, he's the, he's a governor, uh, but of the, of the, um, of his kingdom, there will be no end. It's been going on for a long time and it's going to be here for eternity. So don't you want to put your eggs in that basket? Amen. Don't you want to put everything you have, your investment into the kingdom of God? Because it's not going to pass away. Amen. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm going to do. It's got an agenda. Did you know that God has an agenda? Jesus has an agenda. What would that agenda be? Well, he's building the church. Did you know that? He's still building the church. The first time that Jesus ever mentioned the church, it's the law of the first mention. There's the word first again. <laughs> if you ever gone to Bible school, you'll hear about the, the law of the first mention. Meaning, when something is mentioned for the first time, it's going to be the foundation for every other time it is going to be mentioned. The first time that Jesus ever mentioned the church, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's still building the church. And guess what? We're in the driver's seat. We're on the attack. You know, we, we're, not, we're not the gates of hell. The gates of hell uh, is not on the attack because gates do not attack. Gates is a defensive mechanism. Amen. So the gates of hell, they're trying to defend itself, itself uh, against the church, but it's got no power. It's got no authority. The only way that the devil can have any authority is if they, if he can deceive you in giving up your authority, and then he will use that authority against you. That's how he works. So as long as you hold on to your authority, amen, then he cannot do anything. He can't do anything. You got him whipped. So that's why you got to, just like Pastor Joel said, you know, you got to do kingdom things such as rejoicing. Amen. You can't be down in the dumps because then you're giving place to the devil in your life. I mean, there's times, you know, you don't feel like shouting. There's times you don't feel like dancing. <laughs> there's times you don't feel like doing any of these things. But we taught our kids, you know, I remember standing in the kitchen, dance till your attitude changes. <laughs> so they were supposed to dance till the attitude changed. And it changed really, really quick. It changed really quick. You, you got to do that to yourself. David did. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. He didn't say, I will bless the Lord, you know, when, it's, when it feels good or when, I, when I'm up to it. No, he said, I will. You know, you're going to have to get your will involved sometimes and just begin a little dance. <laughs> and you know what's going to happen after a little while? Oh, the Holy Ghost will come on you. He will help you. And it'll, whoo, it'll be, whoo. You might find yourself dancing all the way, the chairs first. You know, I've seen people, they don't just want to dance around the chairs anymore. They go outside and dance, and they go around the whole building. Even the most stoic people, I've seen some of the most stoic people. Remember that? Amen. Some of the most, we were sitting there, I don't want to mention his name, because <laughs> you might know him. <laughs> but we were sitting somewhere, where, where were we? Pennsylvania. We were sitting, sitting next to a, a minister, very stoic, very... But he danced all the way around the building, praise the Lord. And it's a big building, praise the Lord. 
Amen. So, so, so the kingdom has an agenda. It's got an agenda. Building the church. Jesus is still building the church. I don't have any more sins. I'm going to have, I'm going to build with him. Amen. As a matter of fact, your job is to build the church. Our, our call, there's only one call for the church, and that is to build. Jesus got the same call as you do, that is to build. So all of us are called to do one thing, that is to build the church. Now, how we're going to build it depends on how he has graced you. So there are many different graces to accomplish one call to build the church. That grace is your tool. Amen. So can you see? The kingdom has a system. It's got an agenda. It's got a calendar. Now, wouldn't it be good that you sync your calendar to his calendar? It's going to be very helpful. You know, God has planned on one day. He's, he's going to judge the whole world just by one day. Wouldn't it be good what he's going to do on that one day? <laughs> so you can find out uh, what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life. It'll become a motivating factor. A wonderful motivating factor. All right. So kingdom first means to get used to a new system, promote an agenda, and sync my calendar. Amen. I'm going to have to sync my calendar. Amen. You know what that means? If I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first, I don't know what it means to, to you, but I do know this. And then I'm going to give you my, my core values. <laughs> my core values. I'm going to make some choices in my life that will help me. Put the kingdom of God first. Number one, the word has first place and is final authority in my life. The word has first place and is final authority in my life. That means this for myself. I'm going to have to get up before breakfast. <laughs> Amen. First thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to get into the word. And when I do, I've, I'm finding this, then, then the rest of my day, I'm, I'm going to get the answers for. And even if I run into something that I didn't expect to happen, I've got enough word level in me to help me overcome. I'm not going to be moved by my feelings, by my emotions. I'm not going to be moved by frustration. I'm not going to move. All these things will try to, to get into me, but I'm going to put the word first. I'm going to put my stand and say, well, no, this is what, this is what the Bible says. I'm going to acknowledge Jesus in all my ways. Which way do you want me to go? How much do you want me to give? What is my input here? Do I need to say anything? Should I be quiet? Do I, make to make, do I have to make a phone call? All these things, you know, these little details become real and relevant to you. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. It says, my son, that means my daughter as well, attend unto my words. That just simply means put it first place. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why, Lord? For they are life unto those that find them. you got to find those words. Right? You know, finding doesn't mean, I wonder where my Bible went to. Oh, there it is. I found my Bible. No, no, no. <laughs> You're going to have to get into the word. And over a period of time, you know, when the Holy Spirit helps you, you'll find these words. And it's going to be life to you. Not only that, it's going to be health 
to all your flesh. Right? The word itself has, has got life in it and it's got health in it. It's like wet comes with the water. You can't order a glass of water from the waitress and say, I want a glass of water, but please keep the wet. Not interested in, in the wet. It's going to come with the water. So when you get the word, you're going to get life and you're going to get health. So you won't have to spend as much time in the doctor's office. That's just for good looks. All right. Number two. Backing up. Number two. I stay filled with the Spirit. Now you might say, well, you know, I was filled with the Holy Spirit back in 1974. I spoke with other tongues and I've been doing a little bit after since that time. That's great. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about not just being filled back in 74 or in 86 or 92. We're talking about staying filled with that for the rest of your life every day. Every day. Why would that be? Well, read with me Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 through 18. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. That word means, you know, that you're able to look around you. Just like an owl. <laughs> right? You know, an owl can put his neck around like I'm, I'm going to have to move my body into, in, in order for me to see backwards. An owl doesn't need to do that. So that's what we're talking about. Look around you. Just like a periscope. Let me put it that way for you who don't like the owl, <laughs> the owl uh, picture. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Did you know you've got the opportunity and the ability to redeem the time? Isn't that good to know? There's some of you, you think you've wasted your time and you're never able to get it back. You can you can get some of that time back, redeeming the time. But how many of you know when you redeem the time, you're going to have to give something in exchange? You can't keep doing what you've been doing. If you want the time back, that's fine. But you're going to have to give something in exchange, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. How many of you know the Bible is very clear? The days are evil. But just because the days are evil does not mean you have to be moved by that. As a matter of fact, all these scriptures will tell you here that just because the days are evil, uh, you know, you can get from underneath that evil when you do these things. Wherefore, he says, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Here's a scripture that will tell you right there that you can know what the will of God is. That's no longer an excuse. So often I say, well, I just don't know what the will of the Lord is. Quit saying that. Because the Bible makes it clear that you can know what the will of God is. Are you out there? <laughs> and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. There are some similarities to being drunk with wine, wearing this excess, and be filled with the Spirit. You can get a little tipsy on the Holy Ghost. That's why you begin to dance, right? And you begin to do this, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Did you know you can't just pray until you get a song? You start singing these silly little songs that may not mean anything to someone else, but it means a lot to you. 
Amen. We're not, see, when we're talking about psalms and hymns, we're not talking about you get your hymnal, hymnal out and begin to do something very stoic. We're talking about you being so filled with the Spirit, you want to sing something. A victorious believer is a singing believer. It's like when you were first dating and you got your guitar out and you began to sing a song about your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Doesn't ring a bell? (laughs) Anyway, I don't know about you, but I'm going to stay filled with the Spirit. If you, you know, actually, actually, this is the way that the Lord, you know, uh, showed me one time. He told me, go backwards. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You're just walking around, just sing a song. Oh, Lord, you are so good. And you just pick it up from from there, right? You can, it can be something you know, it can be something you don't know. My, my dad was always singing in the store. Always, I, rem, I remember that. So speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, uh, that way you won't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but you will gonna be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you're not gonna be unwise, but you're going to be understanding what the will of the Lord is. And when you do that, you're going to redeem the time because the days are evil and you'll be able to walk circumspectly, not as fools, not as a dummy, (laughs) not as a fool, but as a wise person. Amen. All right. We're running out of time, I think. Are we? I see. How much time do I have? I don't. Five minutes. Okay. Yep. We'll put it in five minutes. Okay, number three, we're gonna, not going to get all of that done. My core value is I honor the Lord with the first of our income. Malachi chapter 3 uh, and verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me, put me to the test. God wants you to put him to the test. You can test him. You cannot test him with evil, but you can test him with your tithe. So the tithe is not evil. (laughs) Are you out there? And prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God wants, wants you to be so blessed that you're running out of room. That's why we got a new building. And when this one is full, we're going to get another one. And when that's full, we're going to get another one and so on. All right. Come on. That's right. Number four, we are kingdom or we are church builders. We just mentioned that. I say unto you, you are Peter upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We have, you know, my my wife and I, we decided a long time ago, you know, we're going to be church builders. We're going to be kingdom builders. And that really means the tangible side of that would be church builders. Amen. Because, because I, I know this, if I get involved with what Jesus is involved in, I'm, I'm going to get blessed. How do I know that? Well, you remember David? I mean, David is a good man, but he made some horrible, horrible mistakes. Committed a, uh, adultery. You know, he's sitting, he's sitting back. I mean, he should have been at war. The Bible makes it very clear, you know, at the, at the time when kings go to war, David decided, I'm not going to do that. I'm getting too old for that stuff. So he stayed behind and all the men are gone. And he sees this woman from his balcony, a naked woman, said, I got to have her. 
So he brings her over, gets her pregnant, said, oh, that's not going to look good for me on the six o'clock news when they find out about that. So let me get her husband home. Her husband was a nobleman. He said, I'm not going to go be, be with my wife uh, while all my brothers, while all my friends are out there at, at war, fighting. So he didn't go with his wife. He, he came home, but he, didn't, but he didn't have sex with her. So David found out, so he killed him. That's not very pretty, is it? But yet, he was a man after God's heart. And you know what? Because he was a man after God's heart, he found out what was in the heart of God. What did he find out? He found in the heart of God, God wants a building. Just like in the New Testament, he wants a building. He wants you to be part of that building. And I'm not talking about this building. You are the building of God. Amen. So God said to David, I, w- I want a building. And he, it's not that he told him straight, I want a building. But he found out because he's spending time with the Lord that he wanted a building. So he said, I'm going to get you a building. I'm going to get you a building, God. And he did. And then God sent a prophet to him. He said, because you're taking care of my house, I'm going to take care of your house for eternity. That's not too shabby, is it? So what I'm saying with that is if you get involved with what God is interested in, with what he's involved in, I don't know, I don't know, but it seems to me that you're going to get blessed beyond recognition. Amen. All right. Uh, I, next one, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. I'm going to preach the word in such a way. Praise the Lord. I'm going to win the world with the word. I'm going to dis- distribute the, the word of God so that people become a part of the kingdom of God. And last but not least, Jesus will always be my first love. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my grandkids, but Jesus is going to be first. How many of you know those are good core values to have? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, having, having said that, I'm going to ask you to, to stand up. Just say this with me. Today, I put it here. Today, I set my heart to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Just say it with me. I choose to believe the word of God more than man's opinion. I choose to be filled with the spirit and not be governed by emotions. I will honor the Lord with the first fruits of my income and experience the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich. I'm a kingdom and church builder and will win the world with the word. I love Jesus because he first loved me. Amen. Can you say amen to all that? Praise the Lord. If you're here and you've never accepted Jesus, praise the Lord. This is the last day of the year. It's the best transaction that you can ever make in your, in your lifetime. Perhaps you're here and you've never made him Lord. Perhaps you don't know him as your Savior, as your Lord. Perhaps you don't know you're a child of God and on your way to heaven. The Bible is very clear about that, that you can know all these things while you are here on this, on this earth. First John chapter 5, verse 13. These things have been written so that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you hope 
or guess so, but that you know that you have eternal life. If you're not sure about that, if you're not sure if you're a child of God, if you're not sure if you're born again and on your way to heaven, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand boldly, indicating to me, please pray for me. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. Can I see your hand? We're going to ask for your hand and then we're going to, you know, pray a very simple prayer. I can't see everybody, but maybe someone can look around. There's a person. Yeah. There's a few people on that side, actually. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Well, I'm just going to do it the way that the, that, that the Lord has instructed us to do it. I'm going to ask you to come out of your seat and just stand right in front of us here. Because Jesus said, if you confess me before men, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my heavenly father. I don't know about you, but I don't mind. I don't mind him. I don't mind Jesus mentioning my name every, every, once, every once in a while. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Just come on up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you mind turning around just facing me? <laughs> And, you know, I'm going, to make it, I'm, I'm going to make it very simple. The Bible is very simple, uh, simple about this because Romans chapter 10 says, if, 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 if you confess with your mouth, that means if you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe with your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you're saved. Pretty simple, isn't it? Amen. If I were God, I would have made it a lot harder, but I'm not. <laughs> So it's actually very simple. So I'm going to ask you to repeat these words after me based on that scripture. And I'm going to ask everyone else to say the same thing as well. Just raise one hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And just say this with me. You say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe with all my heart that you have raised him from the dead. And from today on, December 31st, I will serve you. I will serve Jesus. I, I, I renounce my past. I am done with the devil. I'm done with sin. And I'm here to serve and obey the Lord. And I am saved, a born-again believer, on my way to heaven, shouting victory. Amen. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. God, God bless you. Maybe I can send, you know, would you guys mind going with, with someone? Not with Julian, but who can I send them to? Oh, Joel will help you. This gentleman, this is Pastor Joel. You know him already. <laughs> you know him. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Yeah, that's praise the Lord. So could you maybe, maybe go with Cheryl? Blessings to you. God bless you. It's an honor to be with you, Pastor Jewel.